Hi, this is Laurie Handlers. I'm your host of Tantra Cafe. Welcome back for another wonderful program, a program for spiritual enlightenment. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. I greet you in peace as always. And I'm so, so happy to have you back with us. And I want to always let you know that you can follow me on Facebook or Twitter. That's Laurie Handlers on Facebook or Twitter. You can write to me at laurie at tantracafe.com to ask questions or about any of my guests or any of my shows and to give me your comments about anything you'd like to see covered here on Tantra Cafe. Have you ever wondered what a sexual healer is? Like, do you wonder sometimes if you should see one? Maybe you've never heard of a sexual healer, but I imagine if you're listening to Tantra Cafe that you have. Uh, so maybe you wonder if you should go see one, or maybe you wonder if you should become one. These are two sides of a similar question. To go or not to go, to be or not to be, that is the question. Anyway, my guest today is Adakini, a sacred sexual priestess. Her name is Triambika Vengochia, and Tri- I hope I'm saying it right, Triambika, is that right? Triambika, that's right, yes. Triambika, great. Well, welcome to my show. It's very good to hear your voice again. The last time I heard your voice, I saw you. I saw how adorable you are, and I loved your voice. I saw, I loved your energy. So here you are on Tantra Cafe, and I, first of all, I got a couple questions for you about what is a Dakini, and is a Dakini a sexual healer, and then you know, who should go to one and why should someone become one? So we got a lot of time to talk about all this. There's a lot of different subsets. But first of all, can you just tell me what is a Dakini? Okay, well, uh, well, first I just want to say thank you, Lori. It's good to be here and it's good to be on your show. Uh, so Dakini is a, traditionally is a Tibetan word that translates into um a quality of enlightened feminine energy and has the ability to traverse through space. And so one of the terms that we often liken to Dakini is the sky dancer. Uh, Dakini can be likened also to an angel or a muse, a priestess. Uh, Traditionally, it's sort of a mythical figure, but can come into form in any one of us. And so this quality of awakened, enlightened feminine energy uh, comes through a participant or a practitioner and can imbue others with awakened wisdom through sexual energy, through the means of sexual energy. It's one of the ways that Dakini can express herself, and it's one of the main ways. So that's, that's sort of like the... The, the mythical esoteric answer to what is a Dakini. In today's day and age, a Dakini is often referred to as a woman who practices sexual healing work. And there's a lot of different ways that sexual healing work can take place. So that's All right, well, wait what we're going to be talking about today. Before you go into that, I, I, I just, I want to just make sure I get that straight. So, you, when you're talking about the ancient, the ancient uh, Sanskrit way of looking at it, it's a sky dancer, somebody who can traverse space, and it's 
becoming awakened or enlightened in the feminine energy. And that can be a woman who becomes awakened or enlightened in the feminine energy. And also a man can become awakened and enlightened in the feminine energy. Is this, is this so? Absolutely. And we, and we refer to that man as a DACA. Okay, so there could be a DACA or a Dakini. Okay, it's great, great. And it's beautiful how you put that. I don't think I ever had anyone answer that question so lovely in such a lovely, so many lovely terms about that. Um, and I have asked the question before, so it's great. And now you're saying that in today's day and age, it's a, a Dakini is a woman who uses sexual healing practices to help somebody else get enlightened in a, in a kind of... So to become more awake in their being, to awaken in either their emotional body, their sexual body. Uh, oftentimes, uh, a Dakini can... Uh, also be an educator, even a dancer. You know, sometimes when we watch a beautiful dancer, like some of the belly dancers out there, we just get inspired. Something gets illuminated inside of us. And so that can also be the energy of the document. Okay. All right. This is good. So now you were talking about, um, I, I mean, for me, I, I've had that experience of being awakened by something. Sometimes it's in a film. Sometimes it's a dancer. Sometimes it's something somebody says. It's, you know, it can be any number of things, but I'm already open to the energies right. that right. you're talking about, this, this, uh, the feminine energies. Although I wasn't in my life, there was a time when my male energy was so much stronger than my feminine energy. So mm-hmm. who would, who would seek out, like, if, if, if I ask my listeners, if they wondered if they should go see a sexual healer, a sacred sexual healer, and they wonder if they should, why would they? How would they even know that they need to have this awakening? Well, you know, sometimes people take the term sexual healer and they assume that it has to do with healing specifically sexual wounding or sexual trauma. And indeed it does. So for those people who are, have suffered either abuse, molestation, rape, I mean, there's a lot of uh, dysfunctions, sexual issues, there's a lot of sexual things out there that people would say, hey, you know, I need to work on this. But the other aspect of, of why someone would want to see a sexual healer is that when we look at like the chakra system, the first and ch- second chakra, where especially that second chakra that governs sexuality is also governing emotion. And so anywhere where we've had emotional wounding, emotional trauma, or grieving, or just simply holding and suppressing emotion, that it is a way in which we can begin to activate that center and then ultimately move that energy through the body and heal and grow and expand. So it would be like getting it unstuck. Like yeah, the energy. unstuck. I mean, yeah, I always look yeah. at... I look at Tantra as transformation through pleasure. And when I say that, it, I, I'm, it's like a joke because for me, just when I, I want to have pleasure or just when students who come to me want to have pleasure, everything that isn't pleasure surfaces from the first and second energy centers in the body, like every memory of trauma, every memory of hurt. And I don't know why it is, but people tend to remember the those nasty things. They remember the negative 
it seems in the amount of like 20 to 1. I don't remember the A's I got on my report card, but I definitely remember the D's. Yeah. You know. Well, and those are the ones that affect us. Those are the ones that stick with us and start to sort of put a thorn in our side and a thorn in our self-esteem. And, you know, it's, it's definitely something that all of us, I think, go through and whatever. And see, here's the, here's the interesting thing. I, I think that especially Tantra uh, really looks at is that there's nothing inherently bad and there's nothing inherently good. It's a non-dual path. And so you're not getting brownie points to go to heaven and you're not going to burn in hell if you do something wrong. And so if everything's this continuum, as a, this continuum of the whole, then when we look at our shadow and those places that we get stuck in life, that's a part of our wholeness. That's a part of our whole uh, process of awakening. And so sometimes when we have that, when we have lots of shadowy places, when we have lots of sort of dark, grungy spots that we don't really want to look at, that's usually where the most energy is stuck and caught up, the energy that we have for our awakening, the energy that we have available for our pleasure. You know, it gets all sort of bound up in those places where we feel that we want to hide or deny or withdraw from. So, okay, so so, so to, then to come back to the question I asked you, which is, you know, if someone out there is wondering if they should go see a Dakini or a sexual healer, it it might be wise to to refer people to do this when they're clear about their shadow, when they're clear there's something that they're in denial about or they just don't want to look at it, it they feel it would be too painful or too scary or whatever, but they're aware of it. This would be a good, it would be a good thing to go to a sexual healer to see if we could, if, if we could unearth, you know, or unstuck the stuckness there. I mean, that's, that would be a good ruler. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think that that's an excellent starting point. I think that's a great place to where if somebody comes to me and they already have a sense of, I know, I know that there's something here. I want to work with it. Let's do it. It's, it's awesome to work with individuals or couples who are at that place. And on the other hand, I also see where there's people who come to me, let's say somebody might visit me for uh, wanting to learn how to have better control with their ejaculation. And the way that I work with someone, I really take them through a process of, of questions and, and try to get, get in and find out a little bit more about what's really there. Okay, got it. You want to learn this technique, but beyond the technique, what, who would you be if you had that? And then I find out, well, you know, maybe he, he might say, I, you know, I'd probably be more confident and I feel better about myself. And then I, okay, got it. Yes. And we're working with deeper and deeper levels of shame and maybe guilt and fear. And, you know, there's just a lot of other stuff. And so, you know, somebody might not know that that stuff is there until they start to just, well, why, you know, maybe I just have this one little thing I want to work with, but now I'm finding out that there's more. Yeah, this is good. All right, this is great. So if you've just joined us, you're listening to Tantra Cafe. I'm Lori Handler, your host, and my guest today is Triambika, who is telling us about what it is to go to see a sexual healer what a sexual healer is, what actually a dakini is. We were just talking about that. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about that, what can, what one can find out, and then how, how somebody might become a sacred sexual priestess. 
Uh, today's show is brought to you by Silk, S-Y-L-K, a personal lubricant made from kiwi vine that enhances your pH from the inside. We'll be right back. Have you ever wished for an end to pests in and around your home, around your office? Stop paying for dangerous chemicals that can harm your children, your pets, and your clients. Today in Arizona and Florida, an environmentally responsible pest control company named Ladybug has set up shop to provide natural and organic pest control services. Ladybug can help you stop even the most persistent, nastiest bugs with green, organic products that are friendly to people and pets. In addition, there are franchise opportunities in Arizona, Florida, and throughout the USA. To learn more about Ladybug, Ladybug's home-friendly and earth-smart green pest control services, visit the Ladybug website at ladybugcorp.com or call us at 561-276-7600. Ladybug guarantees you another eco-friendly, pest-free day naturally. Wondering what book you should read to jumpstart your sex life and increase your happiness? Try my book, Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by me, Laurie Handlers. This short, easy-to-read book will make you laugh at yourself, and it may possibly make you cry as you discover my tantric secrets for happiness and how they apply to you. In the book, I begin with the tenth law, make love in the unknown, and then I work you all the way through laws one through nine to teach you how to be in the unknown, fresh, every moment of every day of your life. Sex and happiness puts the innocence and love back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. It's only $19.99 in paperback and $14.99 ebook. Go to sexandhappiness.com to order your copy of Sex and Happiness by me, Laurie Handlers, the host of Tantra Cafe. Well, we're back with Tantra Cafe, and if you just tuned in, my guest today is a sacred sexual priestess. She's a dakini, a sky dancer, somebody who can traverse through space to bring you, possibly you, back to your senses, back to your healed self, back to a place where there isn't a right and wrong, but to a place where everything's a continuum and where you get to look at your shadow self and feel whole again, possibly maybe for the first time. Triambika. I think I hope I'm, I think I say it different your name different every single time. Triambika. <laughs> Just that you could teach a class and saying your name alone. I'm sure I can't be I can't be the only person. <laughs> You're not. You're definitely not. And I do have shorter versions of the name that friends call me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine that that they would. Anyway, I'm thrilled to have you as my guest today. We you know, we met at the uh the Dakadakini conference. This past right. May, it's wonderful to meet you and um, and feel your energy. So I imagine that you have, it, I would just imagine that you have quite a following of people that come to see you for healing. It feels like your energy is big and vast and somebody could easily fall into you and and want to be healed. Um, what? Did, when did you decide, how did you decide you wanted to do this? How You know, I, I imagine just... For myself, it's not that I grew up and knew I was going to be a Tantra teacher. You know, in my, when I was tested in seventh grade about my, the things that I was skilled at, it wasn't Tantra. <laughs> so it happened to me as a surprise in my life, uh, actually in, in my midlife. And for me around age 50, 
4950 is when I knew this was the path I had to take. And clearly wow. for you, it happened earlier. What, how did you decide you wanted to become a Dalkini? <laughs> when I was in seventh grade, the closest I could come is a psychologist, but that didn't quite do it for me either. Uh, so I, uh, you know, it's, it's a long, it was a long process, probably from the, my early grade school years of just, you know, having an inherent curiosity about sexuality and, and just being very curious. But I, feel that the first time I heard the word Tantra was 1996, and I was in my early 20s, and I was in India, and uh, I was doing a meditation retreat in Dharamsala, and somebody mentioned this word and explained it as a high-level practice only reserved for Tibetan monks, and that it had something to do with sexuality. And I thought, there's something there for me. There's something there I need to know more. And so the following year, I moved to California. And what I didn't realize at the time was that I had a tremendous amount of healing I needed to do. I had a huge split that I had created from growing up in a religious family and feeling like, you know, I've got this intense desire and sexuality and it's just brewing inside of me. And at the same time, I felt strongly connected to God, God essence, what have you, you know, I had this desire to grow spiritually and understand esoteric things and, you know, astrology, whatever I could get my hands on. And so, you know, that split of good girl versus slut (laughs) was was really deep. And anything that I had done up until that point with, with boys or with men created a lot of guilt and shame in me, a lot of guilt and shame, and I needed to work on that. So as I began to seek out teachers, I worked with some different teachers, learning and kind of getting a sense, and I I had a partner at the time, so fortunately I was able to do lots of practices with him, and I eventually ran across some teachers that were able to do some actual work on me. And that's when I really got to see, wow, there's a lot here. There's so much for me to evolve and begin to deconstruct about my belief system, about my body, about my sexuality, about me. And I was already practicing massage therapy, so I had that sense of touch and working with people hands-on. And so, you know, it's just pretty immediate that I, I made the connection. I said, this, this goes together. I want to do this. This is, this is where you know, it's at for me. You know, what you're saying, I think, is really, um, you know, the underlying belief system and, and enculturation structure that we go through, the socialization process in the world as we know it, which fosters guilt and shame in everyone, and especially in young women about their bodies and their desires, I think this is the tantric awakening. This maybe this is what when we say the sacred feminine, you know, having people get in touch with the feminine aspect of themselves. It's really the part where we come to love our bodies again. It's like coming back into the body, coming back into the into the the notion that it's okay to love sensation. It's okay to love desire. It's okay to feel all that. 
our bodies were built to feel on that. And who told us they weren't anyway? You know what I mean? Like, right. Exactly. Who told us that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when, you know, sensation, it's great that you mentioned that word because sensation is how we perceive the whole of the world. You know, we sense things. We sense things through our five senses. And that's how we are engaging with the world. And so, uh, you know, to deny any one of those senses or to suppress, push down uh, the, our ability to experience things sensually is a shame. I mean, it's, it's a waste. <laughs> it is. You know, it's a, it's a total. I always say if we were meant to be anything other than human beings with skin being our largest organ, we would have been born in a different kind of thing, like a lobster shell or a bubble or, you know, something. (laughs) If we were meant to be crustacea, we would be in a shell. We were born (laughs) into a body that skin is the largest organ. And then we're told, no, that's not nice. Don't touch yourself. Don't touch anyone. Don't let anyone touch you. Save it until that. What a crock, you know, that's it's. uh, So I love that you discovered this really early on in your in your life it's um it's wonderful it's wonderful it's a it's a it's a stroke of luck and then genius on your part for following (laughs) that and i i imagine i'm just gonna i'm going to imagine that once you heard the word and you got in touch with what it was in india and then you returned to california um there was probably no stopping you. There, it, it occurred as not a choice. It occurred as, I have to do this. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's funny because people ask me a lot of times how long I've been doing this. And I just say lifetime. Lifetime. It, it really it comes with me from a very deep place. Right. So you're right on the money with that. Right. So, okay, so you went in touch with your own healing. Like you got in touch with your own healing and all the splits and the dichotomies that you had with it inside yourself and uh and you started getting those things healed and then when did you decide or was it at the same time when did you then decide how far into it were you when you decided i have to do this as my life's work i would say it happened about about the same time i what happened is i was uh practicing massage and i wasn't making any money <laughs> And right. uh, my house, my housemate said, you know, you really maybe want to try this uh, sensual massage work and see how that is. And I was a little reluctant at first because I didn't want to have to do things I didn't want to do. And I'd already done that. You know, I'd already put myself in compromising situations. And she assured me that it was a really great place to learn about boundaries. And so I gave it a shot. And at that location where I was doing sensual massage, I found the book Women of the Light by Kenneth Ray Stubbs. And in that book, uh, there are stories of female sexual healers, uh, all walks of life. And as I read through those pages, I just knew it was just right there. I, I just knew it. And every event that I experienced after that was a confirmation of that knowing. So it, 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 it happened simultaneously. But as I was beginning to take teacher trainings and bikini mentorships and these types of things, uh, I was also beginning to receive regular healing sessions. And that was blowing my mind. I mean, that, that made me a believer because of what was coming through. It was like 
it was like an exorcism initially, like exercising beings out of my body that I didn't want there. Beautiful. And yeah, really, really deep. Yeah. Wow. I understand completely. I do understand completely. I've had, I've had to have many exorcisms myself. And then, uh, in my classes, I witness exorcisms all the time. So I imagine you had to exercise yourself and now you get to be an exorcist. Although I think more people would understand if we called ourselves exorcists, they might understand <laughs> more than they understand Dakini because sexuality and sex brings with it such uh, taboo and such getting used to uh, being freed up in that way. It's uh, people are still so suppressed. So sex, yeah, sex and sexuality really does still bring up so many taboos, which is why it's such a juicy place. Which is why it's such a great place to work. And, and when you think about all of the therapists and healers that don't go there, that they can't go there, that for their licensure and for all the different reasons, it's not safe to work with those, those energies. We go there. We really go there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and amazing. Many One places th- where you can merge healing with those raw, core, deep, emotional, taboo, shadowy energies of sexuality. Right. I once had a psychiatrist in a class of mine who said uh, after he was he went through he went through a, a two day class and then he went through a three and a half day class and he said you get more done in one day than I get done in seven years with the same patient. <laughs> yeah, that's because I'm not governed by the same things, the same rules and regulations that govern you. I'm so glad I'm not. You know. Uh, yeah. Not not okay to touch a patient, not okay to really go there to the nth degree of whatever their terror is or what have you and let them set them free. So it's great. It's great what you're saying, really. Um, so, okay, so we're, we're in a moment, not this moment, but when we come back, we're going to discuss, like, what does it take to get trained you know, where should people start if they're interested in this? You know, how can they find out? How can they get themselves healed? And then also, how can they find out about how to train? Because a lot of people are now called to this. And uh, it's much more than ever before. I don't know what it was like in, you know, pre-religion days 6,000 years ago. But I know about right now, there's more people called to this than ever, which which definitely says something about the state of the world. So we'll come right back and and, uh, and discuss this. If you just tuned in, you are going to be hearing my guest, Triambika Vengochia, who is a Dakini and a sacred sexual priestess. We're talking about how she healed, how she found out she had issues within herself, and then how she became a healer. If you're looking for the absolute perfect holiday gift, look at www.tangafinelingerie.com. When you order, say you heard about it here at Tantra Cafe. Tanga Fine Lingerie is a must this holiday season, really. I'm Laurie Handlers. This is Tantra Cafe. We'll be right back. Have you ever wanted something really different from a plain old Swedish massage? If you want an extraordinary private bodywork session, call Krishna Naidu. Krishna definitely has the touch. 
He offers yoga fusion therapy, embodiment therapy, individual tantra sessions, and even private yoga classes. I hope this intrigues you. His work is subtle yet tremendously effective, and I know his clients keep coming back for more because I'm one of them. For more information about the sessions and to find a session near you, call Krishna Naidu at 857-891-8090. That's 857-891-8090. Call Krishna Naidu today. Sessions are regularly available in New York, Boston, Washington, D.C., Phoenix, and Scottsdale. I, Laurie Handlers, the host of this show, personally invite you to come with me on a tantric tour of the heart of India on November 21st to December 3rd, 2010. You'll see the Taj Mahal, of course, and visit the fabulous Fadipur Sikri, home of the great Mughal King Akbar. You'll experience the Sacred Lake in Pushkar, and then you'll tour the pink city of Jaipur. Then, at dawn, from a boat on the Ganges in Varanasi, you'll see exquisite Hindu prayer rituals. Then you'll tour Sarnath, where the Buddha gave his first speech after attaining enlightenment. And finally, you'll get to explore the exotic Kama Sutra temples in Kajuraho. All throughout the tour, you'll learn tantric techniques and principles, and I promise you'll feel a tremendous sense of well-being as we delve into these simple yet potent tantric tools. Please note, no previous experience of Tantra or yoga is necessary to come on this tour with me. I invite you to join me in this unique experience touring the incredible, incredible country of India. I must warn you, this is not your typical tour, and you are not the typical tourist. For more information about this exciting tantric tour of the heart of India, contact Lori at ButterflyWorkshops.com or write to her at info at ButterflyWorkshops.com. You're listening to Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment, and I'm Lori Handlers, your host. And today my guest, Triambika, is talking to us about being a Dakini and becoming a Dakini. Uh, what that is, what it is to to be a sexual healer. And from what we discussed just a moment before, it seems like this could be something that everybody needs, but especially people who are aware, people who are aware that they have a shadow, people who are aware that they need an exorcism, actually, that there's something going on with them that talk therapy or whatever medications that they've been contained on, what have you. This is my own personal little shtick here about medications, that maybe that's not healing you. Maybe, in fact, there are some other ways that you want to look at yourself and look at the world that would that would heal you um, differently, differently. So here we are again, and we, we were talking before about how you healed yourself, and um, and then we talked about how the psychiatrist told me that he didn't get as much done as, as I do or that we do. So perhaps this is what everybody needs. What if you wanted to become a Dakini? What is involved in, in training to be a Dakini, would you say? Where would somebody start? The most important thing is for a woman to feel her calling because I think it, there's a, it's obviously a, an opportunity to 
make money and, and at times the business can be very lucrative at times it's not but that that really one examine their own motivations and their desires to do this work and so once it's clear that you have that calling there are there are numerous adopted Akini trainings contra trainings and things like that I offer a Dakini mentorship through the Ecstatic Awareness Institute. That's the institute that I founded, and that's ecstaticawareness.com. And the Dakini mentorship that I offer is a five-day training, and I'm soon going to be putting out the level two training for that, where we go pretty deep into uh, starting with masculine-feminine dynamics, and how that occurs within and how that occurs outside of us and going very deep into session dynamics and all the possibilities of, of things that might uh, come up in session, the different types of dysfunctions that we might see. I mean, really getting an education is important to being at the key. It, it, it's one thing to offer a sort of pseudo-tantric massage which oftentimes it's unfortunate, but it comes out to be more of a glorified hand job, if you will. Say where, that again? Where glorified quite, what? A oh, glorified hand job. Okay. <laughs> Whereas on the other hand, you know, when we're working with people at this level and they're really channeling the energy of the Dakini, that awakened, enlightened, feminine energy uh, that is potent, it's powerful – when we're really learning to to bring that in into our work, it, it requires learning, it requires education, and it requires a certain amount of uh, desire to be in service, and definitely above everything else requires love. And I'm talking about the energy of love, not the emotion of love, but just that heartfelt sense of of, of wanting to see others expand and grow and heal. Well, how could how could a person tell the difference though? Because, I mean, I I, I want to go back to the glorified hand job, the the, the sensual massage for a minute because, like, I happen to know that many people, I'm going to say, masquerading as tantra goddesses, they can be found on many many websites all over the place. I happen to know that these people have not studied. They've not mm-hmm. studied anything. They read a book about Tantra, and they might have felt the calling that you're talking about, but they didn't go through any kind of training, intensive training. To I've seen so many so-called um, priestesses who are clearly not clear. Yeah. So how yeah. does how could somebody? I mean, they're just not clear. They they've got all kinds of issues themselves that they haven't begun to look at, and maybe don't want to. So now it becomes a dichotomy in the Tantra world. How 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 does somebody find a legit training? And then after that, the next question, of course, is how does somebody find a legit person who's been trained? I, I imagine you've given some thought to this. Oh, yes. I've given a lot of thought to it, which is what inspires me to teach the Kini training for that very reason because I feel it's so necessary to receive training from a qualified, reputable teacher. And uh, so, well, I'll say a couple of things about that. First of all, for a woman who's thinking about becoming a sexual healer or for a man, first and foremost, I think it's really, really important that they're getting sessions. 
like get worked on, really receive the work, feel what it's like, experience it for yourself and, and do the healing with yourself. And, and second to that, if we, if we go back to the tradition of Tantra, traditional Tantra speaks that in order to truly follow the Tantric path, one needs a guru. And that is still very much the case in traditional Tantric circles. I know that because I've been initiated into a traditional Tantric lineage and it's definitely, that's the way it is. You need a guru. Now in today's day and age, you know, that feels a little bit off for people. They're not sure that they feel very good about having a guru. It's not the way for them. And that's totally fine. It's not for everyone. But if we're talking about Tantra, then at least, let's say, have a few really great teachers, people that you admire, people that you can go to when you have questions, when things come up. Like, get trained. Really get trained. It's so important. Um I can't say enough about that because there's so many subtleties that come into session. And if we are just working with people at one level and, you know, maybe it is enough to just show up with, you know, a a very deep gaze and a few deep breaths and call that Tantra. And, you know, it is beautiful and it's probably deeper than what a lot of people ever experience with their partners even. So it's not to look down on people who are making an effort to put out the word of Tantra in their sensual massage experiences, but it's to say that there's so much more and we can do so much more for this world when we really take this path and say, you know, if this is my calling, if I really feel this, then let me take the time, the energy, and the money that I'm making and invest it in myself and invest it in a better world. Right. So it actually sounds, I mean, based on what you said, I, and it just came to me, I mean, maybe you, maybe you weren't saying this per se, but it seems to me that if I were someone, a seeker, seeking to be healed by hands-on practices of somebody who, who purported to be a sacred sexual healer, I would ask that person where they got trained. It's funny because I'm not, I, I can poo-poo many things, but that's something I just couldn't poo-poo. I'd really need to ask someone, you know, who have you been trained by and how much time did you spend in that training and how much work did you do on yourself? Because I wouldn't want somebody who's not clear to put a hand on me. I wouldn't want them even necessarily to put their eye gaze on me. But I have got strong boundaries. I learned boundaries from Tantra. <laughs> Interestingly enough to to make your point from earlier in the show when your friend said to you, you know, if you get into sensuous massage, you'll start to find your own boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, boundaries is definitely something that we learn about in this work and also how to teach the people who come to see us about their boundaries and about having boundaries uh, with us. And I think that it goes both ways where um, – a seeker wanting to have a session to definitely ask questions of the the practitioner. Definitely. You know, where did you get trained or just tell me how long you've been doing this to give me more of a sense of what have you got underneath your belt? And um, also because the other way where I want to know about my my client, I want to know about my seeker. Who is this person? I spend up to 20, 25, sometimes 30 minutes on the phone, on the phone with somebody before they even come to see me. 
And so the very act of asking questions and having sort of a, a bit of a loose intake form and conversation with them that that invokes, or I should say, um, excuse me, uh, uh, provokes kind of a, a deeper questioning and understanding of what it is and why they're coming to see you, what their intention is, that that very act of me doing that tells this person, okay, this is somebody who actually cares and is interested in knowing me. And I can tell just by the way she's communicating with me that she knows she knows what she's talking about. Otherwise, why would she be asking me these questions? And so it puts the person on the other line, in a sense, at ease and in, with a sense of trust. And that's really important yeah. when we're working with these deep emotions and sexual energy and, you know, privacy issues, whatever, whatever the case may be. Excellent. Really excellent. Good. So um, this is good. So we're going to break here again for a moment. Uh, I'm, if you just tuned in, I'm speaking with Triambika, who is a tantric dakini, a sacred sexual priestess. And we're talking both about her life, how she got started, and also about how you could get started, whether you're seeking some kind of healing that might require a more hands-on approach or whether you all of a sudden feel a calling to want to become a Dakini, what kind of training would you need? So uh, I, one thing I want to let you all know about is this uh, School of Temple Arts, which is actually where Triambika and I met. You want to find out more about sex educators and especially about educators connecting globally because all of us want something that, she just mentioned earlier in the show, which is to end guilt and shame once and for all, globally. So if you'd like more information about upcoming trainings, or if you're a sex educator and you'd like to know how to connect globally with other educators in your country, go to schooloftemplearts.com to find out more. We'll be right back with Tantra Cafe. This is a new segment on Tantra Cafe. It's called Little Known Sex Factoids. Brought to you by the hormone nurse, Lori Phillips, at www.hormonenurse.com. Lori, today I want to ask you about the effects of masturbation in women. What can you tell me about that? Well, Lori, masturbation in women, especially women that have been in menopause or over menopause, past menopause, post menopause, can really benefit from masturbation because as one of the most common problems of older women experience physical changes in the vagina as a woman ages her vagina becomes shorter and more narrow in addition without regular supplies of estrogen the walls of the vagina can become thin and stiff but good news practicing masturbation techniques can help remedy some of these problems this is so this is this is such good news. This is great news because I tell people to do this every day. I think they need an orgasm. So if you're well, telling women to masturbate for health reasons, this is so good. What now, what else? Now they're hearing from the nurse. Practicing <laughs> masturbation techniques can help remedy some of these problems by stimulating the brain to produce physical changes in the vagina. Masturbation includes stimulation of the clitoris, the urethra, and the vagina. 
It activates various neural pathways responsible for clitoral swelling, vaginal congestion, lengthening of the vagina, and lubrication. So That's great, Lori. What girls? The nurse, the nurse has given you instructions. <laughs> All right, Laurie, thank you so much. I love this. This is great news. You have just heard little known sex factoids brought to you by the hormone nurse, Laurie Phillips at www.hormonenurse.com. You can find her there, get to know her there, introduce yourself, and find out more. Are you afraid of drying up? Is sex uncomfortable? Is that why you don't have it so much anymore? Today I'm speaking with the founder of New Zealand Pure, which makes unique products for sexual wellness, and her name is Shana Venice. Shana, tell us about vaginal dryness and what's the product that we should be using. Vaginal dryness nowadays has become more of an epidemic than we realize. More and more women are having discomfort, not only just walking around, but with sexual intercourse, sexual uh, a- action, interaction. And I hear daily that it's uncomfortable and uh, I- I'm not having sex anymore because it hurts and all kinds of different stories. How can we remedy this? And Well, one of the remedies is silk. Silk is a unique lube made from New Zealand kiwi fruit vines. And what this lube does is help to increase your own vaginal secretions by... That's amazing. That's totally amazing. And can we just... It's silk, S-Y-L-K, right? It's not... That's that's right, S-Y-L-K. And so it increases a woman's own bodily function of vaginal secretions. That's, That's amazing. Yes, and it mimics the vaginal secretions. So if you apply it, let's say, in the afternoon and you know you're going to make love that night, you don't have to worry about it. It will be there. Uh, The beauty of the silk is it increases with wetness. So if you apply the silk for sex or you apply the silk for vaginal dryness, it will be with you all day. That's fantastic. When people, if you would like to find out about this, go to SilkUSA.com. That's S-Y-L-K-U-S-A.com to find out more. You can also write to me, Laurie, at TantraCafe.com to find out about Silk. Many times on Tantra Cafe, you've heard my guests and me discuss emotional release techniques. Now, you can do emotional release work in the privacy of your own home. In my CD, Shamanic Release in Latihan, I create a very, very safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work I'm known for in my Tantra courses. First, I set you up with the proper positioning and breathing, and then I guide you through emotional states to the beat of tribal African rhythms. Try this CD as an easy way to do your personal clearing work on a regular basis and watch your relationships walk free from emotional baggage. You can order my CD at butterflyworkshops.com for only $20. I believe you're worth it. I hope you do. Go to butterflyworkshops.com and get your copy now. 
and walk free from emotional baggage. We're back with Tantra Cafe. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. And I want to remind you about my recommended list at webtalkradio.net. You can find out about things I recommend like Deborah Annapole's Polyamory for the 21st Century, Tantra for Awakening with Crystal Dawn Morris. You can find out about Tantrika Maya and Krishna Naidu. Also about Flirting with Heart by Robin Vogel. And, of course, www.hormonenurse.com, all on my recommended list. I'm back here with Triambika, and we're still talking about being a sacred, sacred sexual healer or going to see one. So, Triambika, you have some trainings coming up, I understand. And how can people find out about you just in case they, they're wondering at this moment? Well, there's two ways. One is my personal website, which is ecstaticawareness.com. Exactly the way that it's spelled in the dictionary, ecstaticawareness.com. I, I was, wait a minute, I was going to say that we have to spell it because most people spell ecstasy wrong. So it's yeah. E, it's E, C, F, T, A, T, I, C, ecstaticawareness.com. Excellent. Yeah, people will have, if they don't have a dictionary, they'll spell it wrong for sure. And how, <laughs> for sure. how else? How else? Uh, how else can the, find you? Excuse me? How else can people find you? Oh, how else can people find me? Oh, so then also at the Pool of Temple Arts, you would go to SedonaTemple.com. And there I am on the faculty. I'm one of the educators there. I teach alongside with Des and Actually, just coming up here this first week of November, I'm starting a training in Sedona, and that's a the spiritual, sexual, shamanic practitioner training. And then in December in San Diego, in Poway, San Diego, I have a five-day bikini mentorship, and that's on my website on ecstatic awareness. We have... Uh, Training in uh, February, the same spiritual, sexual, shamanic practitioner training, which this one is for men and women. The, the key mentorship is just for women. And okay. the spiritual, sexual, shamanic practitioner training is, is for men and women. And, and that's in February in Australia and then in May in Sedona. And then we'll have some others uh, internationally throughout the rest of the year. And uh, I'll also be offering a Dakini mentorship in February or early March. In, in Sydney, Australia. So there's, now, there's several things coming up. You introduced a new word, shamanic. And, wow. um, yeah, so that's a little confusing because now we're adding something else in. Where uh, For me, it's, it's confusing, and I've used it. I have one of, the, one of my CDs is named Shamanic Release and Lottie Han because I feel when I'm in the state of the unknown, the void, Ladihan. I feel like I'm a shaman, but I don't know if that's what you mean by it or that's what they mean by it. So when you introduce shamanic sexual healing, how, how do, what does that mean? Well, so this is something that Ababa Dez, the founder of the International School of Temple Arts, he included that word into the name of our training. And what I see with that training and with others is that because Tantra is 
a very specific science that includes everything, but at the same time has some very specific traditions behind it. With the things that we're teaching in that training, it includes various modalities. And so it would be a shame to just call it a tantric teacher training or tantric practitioner training because it, it does include various modalities. And so we used to have being called for Dr. Dikini training, and then the name changed. And for me, this word is very much like what happens to me when I invoke the energy of the Dakini. It's like going into not a state of trance because I'm always very, very present, but really being that intermediary between the worlds where we can really call in the energy of the divine and hold space for that witness another without judgment and and allow to bring up the power that is inherent in them. And so shamanic in this case has to do with with power, with that energy of manifestation. It's it's obviously a very controversial term for a lot of people, just as Tantra is a very controversial term for a lot of people, those who are more on a traditional path and those who are more on a sort of a new age, modern day path. And so I, I, I use that word lightly and recognize that people have their own feelings about what that means for them. It, for me, it invokes images of uh, witch doctors, and um, which could be female or male. Uh, I've met a few, and I've met some relatives of in various countries in South America. It invokes a whole place of being uh really in in between worlds you know kind of like having some knowledge and science that nobody no regular person has um it's like sanctified there's a certain there was always a certain person in a village that was the one and it wasn't the person who necessarily studied modern medicine but people who studied folk ways folk healings folk things that um that worked and were often almost like seers. So that's what it evokes for me, the mm-hmm. shamanic piece. And, and uh, I just, I think it's interesting. It's, you know, now it's in there too. Um, I, and I wonder what's next. I just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, when you say witch doctor, I, 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 <laughs> There are times where, depending on what's showing up in session, it really does feel like a witch doctor is present, that that's what it takes to uh, move the energy and to shift the way things are in that moment or assist somebody to move through something. You know, it can, it can feel at times very intense and very um, sort of esoteric, if you will. Yeah. But... Um, I, yeah, I get that the word has different connotations and can be used differently. And so, again, I, I say I, I use that word lightly, but still yeah. powerful terminology. Yeah. When you just said shift, I immediately went to shapeshifter. And I went, yeah, yeah, it seems more like shapeshifting a little bit to me. I, You know, I don't know if you have the same experience, but I have uh, – I was never a person before to think that people could be possessed. You know, when I, I, I never went to see the exorcist, but I knew the concept, you know, of being possessed by something. And I actually now know in my life that people have entities. There are definitely 
when I mean entities, we could say like they're inhabited by another personality. It's really a thought form that I don't know when it came in or when it comes in. I've met people who were sexually assaulted when they were much younger and they kind of left their body and something else came in. And a lot of times in my classes, in my Tantra classes, because I don't, I don't do a lot of one-on-one work. I'm actually starting to go more towards working with couples now in individual sessions. But for the most part, my, my Tantra teaching and practice has been with groups, you know, groups of 14 to 30, let's say, people learning all at the same time. And, uh, but I've seen people when, when they lay down to do emotional release on the floor with me, there's a, there's something there. Something that's not necessarily them. Something that they don't even always know is there. And mm-hmm. I've seen those things leave. You know, those entities leave in the process of people doing clearing. I don't know if you've had the same experience, but it's always astounding to me. You know, I have had those types of experiences and also just from my own uh, knowledge of of Tantra and, and, and specifically in this case, Tibetan Tantra speaks a lot of being possessed by other realm beings and in a case you know you could look at it like other realm beings some other type of entity that exists in an alternate reality or just another mind a mind pattern that comes through and the way i understand it is that when we when we leave our body or when we leave presence and we maybe we act out in these sort of different behaviors whether it's acting out in a lot of anger or maybe uh in a way a poor need a neediness or um, holier than thou, or you know, there's there's sort of six different ways that we might lead, that we may behave or act out when we are forgetting that we are essence, that we are just sort of pure divine beings. When we forget, we might go into one of these different realms for any period of time, and that the more we inhabit that, and the more we live in that place, the more that that other realm being gets to sort of create a home within us. So that after a while, if, if we're not present enough to get out of our own state and, and come back to center and come back to presence, that that entity, if you will, is, is becoming an inhabitant of your body. And when we start to say, no, I'm going to do this healing work, I'm going to start to really get in my body and, and, and work with myself and stay present, then they got to go. <laughs> yeah, because they do. You know, <laughs> But it's amazing that we're talking about this. I've never talked about this on the air before with anybody. I just want to let you know. I mean, I have talked about it a lot with colleagues or what, whatever, and I've talked about it with people who have this thing. But um, we've ne- I've never talked about it on air, so it sounds a little woo-woo. But, you know, please forgive us, <laughs> people out there listening. <laughs> this could be you. This could happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's got to go. Like, I usually start and I say to people, you need to say something like, thank you, no blame, nothing's wrong, everything's good, thank you so much for the protection. you got to go now. <laughs> Out. <laughs> Out. <laughs> it's time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we definitely went off to a whole other topic, but I, you know, I also love all of this. This is all the more, uh, secretive or esoteric practices of Tantra, which to me, they just fascinate me. And it's, it's, it's a lot of what people don't know and don't engage with when they are 
uh, working with tantric energies. And, you know, if, if, if we're going to be working with people and, and, you know, having stuff come up, it's good to know. It's good to know all the possibilities and things that could come up. Yes, great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for couching it like that. It's true. I mean, it's just that there's so much to this. There's so much to being trained. There's so much to what we can find out. I mean, we're we're just and you know what? We could, you and I, we could, this is just maybe the beginning of a wave. You know, it seems that uh since I started, I there weren't that many people out there teaching tantra. There there, there were like a handful of really well-known people and then there was the next rung down, and I, I consider myself to be the next rung, you know, sort of like the next ones that came in. And that now there's a, a whole bunch of new people coming in, and maybe we're just in the beginning of the first wave. Like all this stuff we're talking about, entities and how people really need healing, like it, it could go on and on. The whole population, I think, needs this. And um, and that's probably, that's, that's part of Baba Dez's, movement with yourself included to uh find all these people around the world because the world desperately needs this kind of balance needs this kind of healing need, needs people to stop shaming and blaming themselves um oh, yeah. you know it's just it's huge what um oh, yeah. go ahead oh just oh yeah and people are always so grateful when they come to our training uh, you know i've heard things like one man said that he felt that 35 years of his life had just been wiped like a slate clean. And I, you know, I've heard many other things like people just clear stuff in our trainings. They really, stuff changes. It shifts. It's amazing how it happens. And they're always so grateful. Yeah, that's true. It's true. And they do, sometimes they're not even really sure what happened to them. They just know that they stand up or walk out and they feel whole again. That's how I felt. I imagine that's how you felt. And I imagine that's how these people feel like whole again, maybe for the first time since who knows when. So it, it, we're kind of winding down the hour now. And I'd like to know if there's a particular, what if someone is just starting and they just got, they just heard the word Tantra and they know that they want to have a, a session, what would be the first, Thing they should do right now um, to find someone in their locale, to find someone anywhere in the world, what what should they do? They should call me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Actually, no, no. To be honest with you, though, but there is um, there is an uh, uh, article that I wrote on my site, and it's under uh, the you would click under Vama Marga, and that's a Sanskrit word, and that's Vama Marga. And it's on my site, ecstaticawareness.com. And if you click there, it's just a beautiful description of Tantra from just a very classical view of, of the ultimate perspective, you know, from the highest of the highest of supreme consciousness and the energy of manifestation erotically in a dance, making love and how we come to be and sort of, sort of that, um, creation story of Tantra all the way down to, you know, what is this view of, of sexuality within Tantra? It's a beautiful article. I highly recommend. If they're just coming into it, it's a great read. And uh, that's, that's where I would start. I'll go there myself. So you heard it. 
You heard it here from Triambika. You want to go to her website, ex- website ecstaticawareness.com. That's E-C-S-T-A-T-I-C, awareness.com. And click on that link, Rama Marga, and read what she has there. And that would help you choose your path in this tantric sexual healing place that we're discussing. Thanks so much for being my guest today. I appreciate you so much for coming on and um, and discussing this, this intense stuff, really intense stuff. Uh, please tune into Tantra Cafe next week when my guest will be another person involved in this Tantra movement, Tantric sexual awareness, something else wonderful for your senses. This is Laurie Handlers. I'm signing off today with Namaste from Tantra Cafe. I wish you peace and I look forward to having you here again next time.